0: You are now listening to the Autoimmune Doc Podcast with Dr. Taylor Crick. Dr. Taylor is an expert in helping those suffering with autoimmune disease, and he himself has autoimmune disease. Autoimmunity is rampant today. The purpose of this podcast is to educate about the underlying causes and natural solutions to halt autoimmune disease progression. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. For more information from Dr. Taylor, visit www.autoimmuneeducationacademy.com. Without further ado, here's your host, Dr. Taylor Crick. Welcome to the Autoimmune Doc Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Taylor Crick, and I love explaining the underlying mechanisms behind autoimmunity and chronic disease. Today's topic is a really, really cool one, and it is the vagus nerve. The vagus is an interesting crossroads between the nervous system, the immune system, uh, even the the gastric system, you know, the digestive system. Um, so the vagus is very, very cool, and it's also a very popular topic two that i've got you know quite a bit of experience with mostly because i recorded a video about vagus nerve stimulation uh a couple of years ago now that's gotten a lot of views so we've sold uh, vagus nerve stimulators all over the cr- across the country um and, and, you know, just had a lot of questions being generated from that. This is something that I learned about from my mentors, you know, both of my mentors, really. But Dr. Karazian has talked about vagus nerve exercises for years and the importance of vagus nerve exercises, like humming and gargling and gagging and some things like that. And then my other mentor, Dr. Sam Yannick, introduced me to using a TENS device to stimulate the vagus nerve. So today I'm going to talk about that. I'm also going to link in the show notes uh, some of the other videos that I have, like one called Six Ways to Stimulate Your Vagus Nerve, uh, a couple about using the TENS device for stimulation of your vagus nerve. But today I'm going to go into the how and the why. Um, of vagus nerve stimulation and for autoimmunity. It's particularly relevant in autoimmune cases, which are most chronic and complex health conditions these days have an autoimmune or an immune dysregulatory component to that. And with that comes... A, a hormonal dysregulation, you know, sympathetic nervous system, sympathetic hormones, also a nervous system dysregulation, I guess, sympathetic versus parasympathetic, and brain dysregulation. I mean, there's there's very rarely is there a case that comes into my office that doesn't have some sort of neuroimmunological dysregulation, uh, inflammation, you know, gut, the things that I'm going to talk about today are all very, very, very good reasons to exercise or stimulate your vagus nerve. So there's a lot of ways that you can do it. But again, I'm a big fan of the TENS device. So I'm going to explain that. So for starters, what is the vagus nerve? So the vagus nerve is also called the wandering nerve, because it wanders throughout the body. Um, and it goes, you know, to a lot of your autonomic organs, it controls your diaphragm, breathing, it, it, there's uh, branches to the heart, to the lungs, to the liver, to the spleen, to the digestive system. So it controls a lot of autonomic functions. So autonomic is really the main job of the vagus, and the vagus is the main nerve of the autonomic system. And in fact, 80% of autonomic fibers, or parasympathetic fibers, I should say, parasympathetic fibers are vagal fibers. So the autonomic system Includes the sympathetic nervous system. That's the fight or flight response. A lot of us know what that means. Fight or flight, you know, even if I just say that, if you've never heard that, you're like, oh yeah, that, that sounds like me. That's the stress response. That's the sympathetic nervous system. That is the gas pedal of life. And the opposite of the sympathetic is the parasympathetic. And that is the vagus. The vagus is the primary nerve of the parasympathetic nervous system. So the vagus's job is to act as the brake pedal for the gas pedal of life. You know, life pushes your gas, uh, I should say. Life pushes your gas pedal, it revs your engines, all the all the things that come along with that, wear and tear and, and et cetera, recklessness, you know, keep with the car metaphor. And the vagus is necessary to break that stress. So some people have a hard time winding down. They have a hard time turning off their stress response. That could be a sign of decreased vagal activity. So that's the vagus nerve. It's also the gut-brain connection. So that's pretty interesting. Um, The gut-brain connection getting a lot more fame these days of, you know, a gut on fire equals a brain on fire. Um, And the brain obviously controls the gut with gut motility and things like that. But really, the gut-brain connection is saying that the gut controls the brain in many, many ways and that it goes both ways. So the vagus is bi-directional. It goes both ways. And so there's a sensory side of the vagus that's sending signals from the gut, from the organs all the time up to the brain to be integrated. And so from a sensory standpoint, you can stimulate the vagus nerve by stimulating the sensory receptors of the vagus. Now what we want is vagal motor outflow to increase vagal motor outflow. But one of the ways to do that is to stimulate uh, the vagus nerve. So the external ear, is the only place on the body that the vagus nerve travels on the outside of the body. So interestingly enough, the outside of the ear and really only a certain part of the ear. It's called the tragus or also the, the uh, conca or simba concha. I, uh, I tell people if your, if your ear was a pool, it'd be the deep end. So close to the ear hole for lack of a better word, but the tragus is a good place. Now, for vagus nerve stimulation, what I've run into is a lot of people have like oddly shaped traguses or they can't get a clip to stick on their tragus. And this is a common thing, you know, in acupuncture or an acupressure or some people that get migraines have got, it'll get their tragus pierced and will say that it helps. So, um Yeah, so that's just one way to stimulate the vagus nerve on the outside of the body. Now medically, they are now doing vagus nerve stimulation that that are like installed in your body and things like that. So a lot of the vagus nerve research comes from things like that of just, you know, vagus, what is the function of the vagus? And then medically, how do they stimulate it? Well, it's with, you know, expensive, invasive, invasive surgical procedures. Now there are studies that I'm going to go through today on using transcutaneous vagus nerve stimulation. That's what I'm talking about. But that's kind of what the vagus nerve is. So now, why would you want to exercise it or stimulate it? You know, so I kind of already mentioned that of, of the brake pedal of life and the gut-brain connection, but it's very uncommon to find somebody without vagus nerve symptoms. And, and if you do, then, you know, that's great. Obviously, it's not that uncommon for people to not have them. But in my kind of setting, in my clinic, I see zero people without a suspicion of some sort of vagus uh, underactivity or, you know, something. You know, not everybody has constipation, but that's one of the things. If you have decreased bowel motility, we're thinking, okay, why isn't the brain telling the gut to move? What's going on with the migrating motor complex? Nausea is another one. You know, I have a graphic that I share with my nausea patients that's that's from a, a scientific study. And it's pretty sciencey, really. But I point out to people, I just point out the two arrows that say it's vaguely mediated. Vagus nerve mediates nausea, stress. I mean, obviously, I see people with stress. You know, that's kind of dumb to even talk about. But of course, uh, you know, I don't know, people with stress, I guess. People with mast cell stuff, people with anxiety, people with brain, people with limbic system dysfunction, people with dysautonomia, so rapid heart rate, rapid breathing... Um, POTS-type symptoms, digestive symptoms, uh, people that wake up in the middle of the night with anxiety or panic. You know, these are limbic system symptoms. And I'm going to review a study that just talks about how vag- transcutaneous vagus nerve stimulation decreases activity in limbic areas as well. And food sensitivities is another one that I see a lot, you know, gut stuff. I mean, the list goes on and on, but headaches, migraines, I mean, my gosh, you just think about... Uh, everything that the vagus nerve does. And it's just a really important part of your physiology. Another reason why I like it a lot is I love using non-supplements. Um, we use a lot of supplements in a functional medicine practice. I, quite frankly, think that I use less than than most people, but only because I have a respect for people's tolerance and their budget and things like that, and I, I try to hit most bang for the buck. But if the reality is if we did all the labs on everybody, I mean, everybody needs... Twelve things. So, how do you prioritize those? So, I love using non-supplements. The uh, vagus nerve stimulation is very inexpensive. The the tens device that we sell it's very inexpensive. So, I love using things that have high value. You know that that's a great example of one. You know, a supplement that that works great is great. And then at the end of the month, you need to buy another bottle. So, and I'm fine with that. Again, there's a high value to that. I'm not downing that. That's what I do for a living. But something that you can keep for forever. Uh, is great for this. You know, sometimes people will, will, will be going good for six months, let's say, and they'll text me and they'll say, I'm flaring or my bucket's full or, you know, they use, they use a lot of the great terminology. And i say, have you been doing your tens? And they'll say, no. I haven't been doing my Vegas nursing, it's in the closet somewhere. And I say, well, go grab that, start doing that. And I say, what supplements do you have laying around? And I'll put a protocol together for them and you know, try to get them their flare calmed down before they can get into my office. But it's always around. And I'd say that's the way that it is for me too. You don't need to do it every day. I mean, every day is great, of course. But if you're not stressed, then you don't need to de-stress. And, and even in the studies, they've shown that the people with the most stress to begin with had the greatest results, which is like... Duh. I mean, the same thing if we did a 30 day weight loss challenge, the person that has 200 pounds to lose is going to have more drastic results than the person that has 10 pounds to lose. Um, But yeah, so I love using non supplements. I love things that have high value. I use this often with people. Um, You know, just getting them started with something for their brain and something for the stress response is like just really crucial at the beginning. So, first off, sometimes it's very crucial in the beginning, no matter what, because I see a lot of sensitive people that you know have sensitive guts and sensitive supplement burdens and supplement su- sensitive toxicities and things like that. So, we've got to be cognizant of that. And this is great to decrease those sensitivities. Again, from that limbic perspective, this can actually begin to decrease those sensitivities. Um, and also, when somebody starts in my office... It's overwhelming. Now, we do a great job. If you've ever been to another functional office, it, we do, it, it's pretty not overwhelming compared to a lot of other places, I would say. But for people who are not accustomed to this, it is overwhelming. I had a, a girl recently that's had Lyme since she was young. Um, and I had eight supplements. And I said, is this too much? Like, just tell me if it is because... If you're not going to do it, then let's start with six, and let's do whatever you are going to do. And she said, "Oh, I've been on a lot more than this before, uh, and she's been out of state to different practitioners. You know, done a lot of stuff, so she's kind of kind of been uh, been through the ringer of of stuff. Um, so I use it often with people. It's very it's often very important in the beginning. Um, and yeah, I mean, who doesn't need help with their stress responses? And the other thing I'd say is that it's very very easy. So I'm a huge fan, obviously, of like yoga and meditation, you know, I think that those things are phenomenal. I think they're probably better than vagus nerve stimulation when it comes to the stress response. If you can find an hour or half hour to dedicate a day to yoga or meditation, I'm all for that. But what I see are real people that that, you know sometimes can do that don't get me wrong but if they don't value it you know some people value playing basketball they value going to the gym they value looking a certain way they've got habits that they've already built in it's hard to get somebody to do a new habit like that especially when they got to drive somewhere or do an online yoga class or something like that or meditation you know i see a lot of moms that have small kids and it's like i say meditation is great and they'll, they'll laugh at me um and same with me you know like Uh, I, there's no way I could meditate. I meditate in my garage, actually. Um, That's where my cold plunge is. That's where my my home gym is, things like that. So, uh, so it's very easy. I also have people that do it, you know, while they're watching TV. Uh, People do it while they're driving home from work. Uh, People do it while they're doing the dishes at night. Um, So uh, it's very, very easy. And now that we do a new ear clip configuration, it's even easier. My, one of my favorite Vegas stories, I have a Vegas nerve stimulation testimonial that I'll, I'll put in the show notes to this. Um, it's somebody who's a nurse at the beginning of COVID, and he's like, man, the stress is high at the hospital, and this thing has been a lifesaver. Um, so that's there. But my favorite story is an 89-year-old who came to me, and, and she said, I'm 89. I don't expect to feel perfect, but boy, I'd love to poop better. And so we ran a stool test. And we got her stimulating her vagus nerve like right away and then got her on, you know, supplement protocol and she came in and she was just like thrilled to death with how her, her poop was. And you know, eighty-nine year olds have no shame. So she was like, Oh, it's perfect every day, it's cigar shaped. And she said, I just love that vagus nerve stimulator. It's so easy. And she lives alone in a local retirement home. She has nothing else to do, with all due respect to her. I mean, she she will Heavily admit that she's bored out of her mind, but it's easy. It's so easy. So I love that. So how does it work? How does the vagus nerve work? Well, you know, quick, just in quickly, you know, the research is out there about this. This is no, this is just physiology. There's no controversy to this. But body inflammation drives brain inflammation, and and basically, you will lose uh, frequency of firing from your cortex. Uh, and so a lot of your cortical firing, a lot of your neuronal firing in the cortex goes to the poncho medullary region. And then that, that decreased frequency of firing basically decreases vagal motor outflow, which reinforces the inflammation. So if I could draw this, it's body inflammation drives brain inflammation, drives decreased neuronal firing, drives decreased vagal motor outflow which draws right back to the inflammation, the body inflammation. Uh, Then the vagus is also connected with the gut. So then you lose maybe stomach acid production. You lose digestive enzyme capacity. You get food. You lose food tolerance. uh, Maybe you get pathogens in the gut. You get SIBO. You lose food tolerance. You get intestinal permeability, all those things. That's going to drive more inflammation. Then you lose inhibition of the sympathetic nervous system, and the sympathetics drive inflammation as well. So it's, it's inflammation a lot of the ways that the vagus works. And so even with that, there are three main reasons why you would do vagus nerve stimulation. So the first one is inflammation. It is systemically anti-inflammatory. Now, I should have pulled it up. I have a study about this that's in um, my, my long haulers video and probably my Long Haulers podcast as well. And it's a study about vagus nerve stimulation, or not not vagus nerve stimulation, but maybe just vagus nerve in COVID. So I think that that's pretty interesting. I'm looking for it right now, but if I can't find it, I don't want to waste any time. Shoot, I know right where it is too. But um, but so there's a couple ways that it does that. It's called the cholinergic anti-inflammatory pathway. So the main neurotransmitter. The neurotransmitter of the vagus nerve is acetylcholine. So acetylcholine is the is like the brake fluid that when you push the brake pedals of life, you need to have brake fluid in those lines. So it's choline and acetylcholine. So if you don't have enough choline in your diet, choline is a building block of acetylcholine and acetylcholine uh, uh, goes both ways. Acetylcholine can get broken down to form choline as well. Um, but so it's cholinergic receptors that, that this Axon, so what it does when there's sensory stimulation of the vagus nerve okay that 's important when there 's sensory stimulation of the vagus nerve it um, oh shoot sorry, I just clicked on something when there 's sensory stimulation of the vagus nerve, that sends cholinergic messages basically to the spleen to decrease uh, inflammatory cytokine production i mean that 's basically it in a nutshell straight up. Um, and, and yeah, that's, so it's cholinergic anti-inflammatory pathway. So it sends messages to the spleen to decrease TNF-alpha, sends messages to the liver to decrease uh, IL-6 from Kupfer cells. And th- uh, so that's some of the main mechanisms. Now, looking for right now as I'm talking a picture of this. So vagus nerve stimulation, even uh, sensory, e- and even from the body, you get sensory input to the vagus from inflammation, from damps and pamps, from cellular signals. But that sends... Uh, vagal motor outflow to the celiac ganglion, that sends messages to the spleen that blocks spleen macrophages from releasing TNF-alpha, IL-1, IL-18. Now, in the liver, it's going to block more cup cells releasing interleukin-6. So, the mechanism is anti-inflammatory by just stimulating the vagus nerve in general. Uh, the second reason of why you would do it, and so with that one also, that's incredibly relevant to autoimmunity. I mean, TNF-alpha, interleukin-6, you know, I don't know anything about Th17 or any T-cell things with this, but inflammation, body inflammation, brain inflammation, incredibly relevant to anybody with any autoimmune reactivity or any, certainly any autoimmune disease, but even any autoimmune reactivity. The second one is also very, very, very relevant for autoimmunity and it's digestion. So, I'm not going to say that this heals a leaky gut, but it It is absolutely the gut-brain connection. So one of the studies that I have uh, just sitting, you know, on my desk at all times or behind my desk, I have about, I don't know, I probably have 15 studies that I show patients regularly. And there's one that I show regularly that has a great picture in it. And The study is called The Vagus Nerve is the Modulator of the Brain-Gut Axis in Psychiatric and Inflammatory Disorders. So I love studies with good titles to show patients because, like, the title says it all. And then I love studies with good pictures to show patients because I can quickly explain what the vagus nerve does. A, it's the modulator of the brain-gut axis in psychiatric and inflammatory disorders, which you have. Boom. Uh, But the picture shows that the vagus is the gut-brain connection, and it controls things like uh, stomach acid release, and bile release. And even like the uh, the sphincter of OD at the end of the uh, uh, common bile duct, uh, that sphincter opening, a lot of the sphincters opening in the gut are under vagal control and like a balance between sympathetic, parasympathetic, the enteric nervous system, things like that. But the vagus is very, very important for all of digestion. So not just leaky gut or how often you poop or do you have constipation, diarrhea, but just digestion as a process, meaning the breakdown and assimilation of foods as you lose vagal motor tone, as I mentioned before, you're going to get decreased stomach acid release, decreased enzyme release, decreased motility, leaky gut, things like that, overgrowths from from those things. And, you know, you could draw this out and and perhaps this is speculation, but the connections are 100% there that you get more inflammation, you get more digestive problems, which leads to more inflammation and just keeps going and going and going down the inflammation highway. The third one, the reason to do it, is probably the most common reason of why people are like, "Yeah, I need that," and it's decreased sympathetic dominance, so I think that that is you know a cool one. It's also one of the ones that has been the most highly studied um so I think that that's really good, you know, just to show people the studies and show them you know some of the things that are out there uh about vagus nerve stimulation um so sympathetic nervous system is the stress response system. Um, And, you know, I already talked about that, but it decreases sympathetic dominance. So, there are studies out there. I'm pulling two of them up right now. Should have had them up. Um, da, 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 da. So, one of them is in aging, the journal Aging, and it says the effects of transcutaneous vagus nerve stimulation in individuals aged 55 or above. Potential Benefits of Daily Stimulation. So that study found that, you know, vagus nerve stimulation improved some pretty generic markers like quality of life and like some questionnaire indexes, but it was still, it was, it was a good study and it, it certainly showed uh, results uh, for sure. The, the best study I think is from Clancy, um, it is in, was, it was in brain stimulation, And it's called Non-Invasive Vagus Nerve Stimulation in Healthy Humans Reduces Sympathetic Nerve Activity. So again, the the title kind of says it all, but let me just even read the, the conclusion. It says, the conclusion, transcutaneous vagus nerve stimulation can increase heart rate variability and reduce sympathetic nerve outflow, which is desirable in conditions characterized by enhanced sympathetic nerve activity, such as heart failure. So in heart failure in, in you know, or any condition that is characterized by enhanced sympathetic nerve activity, which again, doesn't always have to be diagnostic. It's people that are under stress, right? So, TVNS can therefore influence human physiology and provide a simple and inexpensive alternative to invasive vagus nerve stimulation. So, those are a couple of studies about transcutaneous vagus nerve stimulation. Um, so, there are studies out there. I've got other videos about this. There's other other you know things out there and then the last one is um it's uh they did a fmri so they did they put people in an mri that's a functional mri they put people in an mri machine and they're measuring their brain function so here's a quote from it that i'm reading fmri showed that robust transcutaneous vagus nerve stimulation induced bold signal decreases in limbic brain areas, including the amygdala. So the amygdala is huge for anxiety, for panic. Oh my gosh. Hippocampus, same thing. Parahippocampal gyrus and the middle and superior temporal gyri gyruses. Um, increased activation was seen in the insula, precentral gyrus, and the thalamus, which is interesting, but uh, I think that, that would make sense. But uh, that's awesome. Just to show people, again, that if you have limbic system issues, I'm not guaranteeing that this is going to be some miracle cure for your dysautonomia, by goodness. But is it something that's easy to add in the context of all the things that we're trying to do? Absolutely. So, how do you stimulate it? Uh, I'm going to rapid-fire through some of these because, the, again, my focus today is on this stimulation because I think that all these others are super easy. I had a patient re- in recently... And I said, Oh, have you heard of the Vegas nerve or something? And she said, Yeah, I'm reading a, a book about it right now. It's like a tw- and it was like a 23 hour audiobook, I think. And I read a lot of audiobooks, and 23 hours is like twice as long as most audiobooks. So I don't know how somebody could really talk about the Vegas for that long. Um, but exercise stimulates the Vegas. So obviously, something that I encourage people to do. Now, again, I see people that aren't able to exercise, that aren't able to walk around the block. Um, And then I see a variety of people in between, but there's always, you know, you never want to push yourself to where you crash. But I also see people with chronic fatigue that exercise is like what keeps their brain turned on. So it's about finding that Goldilocks principle with exercise. But obviously, I think it's a regular habit that everybody should should have. Yoga is another one, just calming, diaphragmatic breathing. And also, I, I think they call them, oh, shoot, what do they call them? Um, intentional movements like yoga or qigong, like slow, intentional movements are shown to increase vagal activity. Meditation, another one that you know, fits in with all those others, but breathing from the diaphragm stimulates the vagus. The, you can hijack your autonomics to stimulate the vagus nerve. Um, acupuncture is another one. Humming I, you know, I don't know if there's any studies on Cairo. Uh, there should be if there's not. You know I don't talk about Cairo that often. I've, you know, which is shocking because I've seen so many amazing miracles from people getting adjusted, but uh, I didn't see anything in the literature, and I don't ever see it talked about. I don't really do any adjustments anymore, but I would be willing I'm willing to guarantee that an adjustment affects the vagal activity, especially an upper cervical atlas type adjustment. I just don't know if it's been studied. Um, humming, gargling. Gagging, okay, those are the three that I've used the most too of gargling and gagging. That's what I used to use with people i I did this all the time before I learned about this tens device and I'd have people here's what I do is I have people gargle and gag. and again, what I try to do is make habits that are easy to implement. so I have people piggyback on their existing habits. when they finish brushing their teeth, which is generally twice a day, I will have them gargle aggressively for thirty to sixty seconds. You should gargle until your eyes water is what I've heard. Gargle aggressively and, and do that three three times after each time you brush your teeth, so six times a day. And then also take your toothbrush and stick it to the back of your throat and stimulate your gag reflux and do that three times after each time you brush your teeth as well. So that's another good one. Another great one to piggyback on somebody's existing habits is contrast showers. I love contrast showers. And that's a weird thing to say. I was talking to my wife about it today because she said, oh, I've been doing them too and it's weird how they grow on you. And it kind of does, but it's like something that you hate to love, but it's like you miss it. Or when you take a shower, you you want that at the end of your shower. I have a cold plunge also. I'm not as uh, adventurous in the cold plunge, but there's something comforting about a contrast shower when you know that you can suffer and then go back to... Hot and, and doing that, going back and forth between hot and cold, stresses your body and then relaxes your body, and that stimulates the vagus. So, that's really, 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 really good for a myriad of reasons. Um, and, same thing with sauna. You know, I just got out of the sauna and I, and I do cold plunge. It's just not as frequent, it's a little more of a pain um, than cold showering, something you can do every day. But then, last one is the TENS. So, with a TENS device, we sell a TENS device. It's like, I think it's $60, it's inexpensive. And what you do is you set it up to a certain frequency, and I'll tell you it's it's harder to tell on podcasts. So watch my videos for sure. But you set it to two hundred microseconds for the pulse width. You set it to normal. So if you have a tens, it needs to be uh, modifiable as far as the settings. A lot of people have tenses that they spent like three hundred dollars on. It says like neck, back, arm, leg, and and those aren't adequate. You need something that's just you can change the settings on. Um, so it's 200 microseconds. And then a lot of the studies, like the main Clancy study, was done at 30 hertz. So 30 hertz is a general recommendation, but I, 15 hertz... <coughs> excuse me. 15 to 30 hertz um, is my understanding of they're all effective. And and something that I put in one of my recent videos about this too is one hack that I've learned or heard from you know a mentor of mine or somebody along the road, but they said that you should vary the frequency to avoid adaptation, so you should vary it. So then what you do is you set this tens. I guess I haven't said this yet. You set this tens, and there's an ear clip that we sell, and you clip it to your ear. Now, the old version was you used a muscle pad on the back of your left shoulder, and then you clip the clip to your left ear. We only use the left ear. But now what we do, which is way better, way better, um, is you take two clips, which when we sell ear clips, it comes as a pack of two anyway, but you take two clips, you have to cut them, which is really, really easy. You just use scissors, it's not even hard, you probably snap it with your fingers, and then you super glue the two clips together. And when the two clips are super glued together, it pinches or closes onto your ear very, very, very easily. And then you don't need a muscle pad. So that makes it so simple to just clip on. You know, the only reason I don't have mine next to me right now is because I was at a seminar this weekend, I took it out of my, took it out of my bag just because my bag was getting full but usually I have it with me every day when I'm here at the office because I'll clip it on between patients. I'll clip it on at the end of the night. And I think that that's the best thing about the new ear clips. I also think it's better. The stimulation is better using two ear clips. And so if you know a tens unit, I guess I should describe this a little bit more. A you unit has two leads, I guess they're called, or two sides with two leads on each side. You only need to use one side. So there's a positive and a negative. There's a red and a black. And so, you put the red in one ear clip and the black in the other ear clip, and then they're super glued together. So, it's passing signal from positive to negative right through your ear, preferably the tragus, which is that little flap that covers your kind of covers your ear hole. Or if you can't fit it on the tragus, there are other places. I have some pictures of that um, in my videos, again, that just show like this is where the vagus innervates. But so, then you set it to your desired uh, you know, time, and you turn it on. So then, once you turn it on, you turn it on until it hurts, and it kind of zings you. And then you turn it down. You want it to be right below the pain threshold, but you do want to be able to feel it. It's sensory stimulation, so you want to be able to feel it, but you don't want it to be hurting you. I had somebody one time text me a picture of their ear. It was like looked like it was bleeding or something. It had a red mark. I said, please do not be my first vagus nerve injury. Uh, watch the videos and you know, be smart um because this is a client of mine you know if you just get one off youtube then it's like you know do it at your own risk um but still i want to give good information obviously i want to give smart information uh i don't know of any contraindications obviously i think if you have a pacemaker if you've got any implanted devices i would not suggest it um but otherwise i don't know of any contraindication i don't do it in my kids like regularly but my kids love to just hook it on their ear you know they love just doing what dad does so they love just hooking it on their ear and then my most famous story that's in my video the first time that my wife ever did it she said she was like what is that what are you doing you know I do a lot of weird stuff she was like what are you doing and she did it and she said what is this supposed to do i feel like i'm melting into the couch um and so that I said, that's exactly what it's supposed to do i've had other people tell me they're like i i feel so zen while i'm doing this um Other people say they don't really notice it too. So I want to be completely upfront and honest with people that you don't always notice it or feel it. But same thing with exercise. Sometimes I work out and I feel like crap, but I know that it's good for me. Sometimes I feel great and I could keep going all day, but I just know that exercise is good for me. So I don't base it on how I feel. I think that that's kind of dumb. Obviously, you got to listen to your body and listen to your symptoms. But I think that stimulating your vagus nerve through any of these ways and doing it on a regular basis is really helpful for an autoimmune patient, or really helpful for uh, fill in the blank with anyone that has a brain and an immune system and a gut and wants them to stay healthy, wants to keep tolerance, wants to keep their inflammation at bay, um, wants to keep their sympathetic nervous system in check, things like that. It's a very, very useful strategy. So. I hope that was helpful. I will put the videos in the show notes. Um, leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. I have said this before, so I am afraid to say it again. But I have a list of podcasts that I would like to release. Um, and so that's my plan is is you know put a plan together. Again, I've, when I get busy, it's because either I'm studying something or my practice is really busy. And right now, it's like a, a slam of both. Um, But the stuff that I'm studying, this is kind of funny how this happens. It like comes to a head. Sometimes it takes me like six months for it to to be like formed into ideas that can be put into podcasts and videos. Um, And I feel like I'm at the cusp of one of those. So stay tuned. Follow me on Instagram. uh, Get on the YouTube channel. uh, Things like that. Also, you can buy supplements. You can buy TENS devices at the link in the website, um, check our store. It's in my opinion, it's the best functional medicine supplement store that exists. You know, besides Fullscript. Um, but I love I love curating my store um, as much as I love dealing with the patients. I, I love good products, products that work, the best bang for the buck, things that that actually get results um, in the high level physician grade product realm. So click on our website. It's actually a new website now. It's Autoimmune Doc Podcast. So check that out and talk to you guys next time.